Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Money will never prevent you from doing ministry. Amen. How many believe in miracles? Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Oftentimes when you're a pastor in a church, and we can get to a place where we think that the message is only for the people and not for the pastor. But oftentimes it first resonates from the pulpit and then makes its way to the pew. And so uh, my wife and I, we come in agreement with that word, that money will never be a hindrance for doing ministry. The word ministry simply means to serve. So if you're a parent, you're doing ministry to your children, you're serving them. If you work for a company or you own a company, you're doing ministry, it's to serve. And the word of God tells us in Ephesians that God has given to the body of Christ the fivefold ministry of apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to the work of ministry or the work of service. And so it's important that you need to recognize that every single one of you, under the sound of my voice, we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We then need to be a people who are launched out for doing ministry for serving. For it's in serving God's people we see the greatest miracle that takes place, right? It's when we serve God's people. How many of you are prepared to serve the body of Christ this morning? Say, I'm prepared to serve. So money will never be a hindrance to ministry. Jesus called 12 that he called disciples and he takes them up to a mountain and he prays. And in that environment, he selects 12 people who they call the apostles. And what is interesting is that Jesus, who is the son of God, hear me now. But Jesus is the word. And he says that he chose these 12 so that they would be with him. Mm. The essence of the one who creates relationship is saying that I also need relationships. That who you're connected with and who you run with will be vital to your success in life. And so here it is now that he's with the 12 and someone asked the question, hey, does... Does your team that you're traveling with, do they pay taxes? Because you understand that though you're talking about this kingdom, you live in the reality of the Roman Empire. As if that would lose someone who understands kingdom. Come on. You got to get that. When you understand that you operate in the kingdom of God, the people who like to bring the reality of where you live in, they would like to try to pull you from one kingdom to another one. I'll say that again over here. Because when you have decided to follow Jesus and you have surrendered all the natural resources, the things that you're accustomed to having, you will be challenged by the religious folks. You will be challenged by criticism. You will be challenged. Just understand that. That there are people who will try to destroy your vision. By creating division. And so here it was now. I wonder who and how they selected. Did it say any, mini money, mo? 
Who is going to be the one that's going to ask Jesus and his disciples if they are following the Roman system of, of, of legal economic uh, policies? So they came and, and they asked the question. And, of course, Peter, the spokesman, says, yes, of course we pay taxes. Of course we do. And then he goes, hey, Jesus, <laughs> I opened my mouth. <laughs> And I kind of told them that we do. Jesus says, I can't afford for you to be interrupted from your assignment by the things of this world. That's for somebody right there. See, when you're walking with Jesus, when you, when, when you choose life, you don't have to worry about making a living. Yeah. See, you're led by assignments. You're led by work and not by a job. Mm, thank you. That's real good. Real good. And so they had ministry to do, but they had an interruption to that ministry. And see, Peter opened his mouth and said, of course we do, but he, I'm glad he opened his mouth to the one who had the answer. You, you, you see, he went and he said, he said, Jesus, this is in the Bible. He said, Jesus, uh, what are we doing? Then Jesus says, okay, I want you to go fish. I, I want you to do what you've been designed oh, to do. Mm. I, I want you to do what you do in the natural, but I'm going to give you a supernatural assignment so that what you've done in the natural now becomes supernatural so you will understand that money will never hinder ministry and get back in line so we can do what we're called to do. See, when, when, when you walk with Jesus, when you, when you, when you choose life, and again, I, I'm telling you, as the church corporately, and as the church universally, I'm telling you right now, the moment you choose life, everything changes. Everything. He didn't come to just give an intermission in your life. Because there's another scene coming, or act two, let me just close the curtains and, and everyone go and greet one another. He came to disrupt your life. He came to interrupt your agenda, interrupt what you were thinking, because he wants to be the source of your life. Because the more you commit to Christ, the further away you are from the system of this world. And what happens, we're going to get to it, because you have to understand why love is so strong. Because there is a force, there is elements, there is spiritual uh, 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 principalities trying to pull you back into your past so you stay in a place of just being religious and having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So transformation getting ahead of myself to get back only happens when the power of God invades your life and you transform. And, and so here it is now. And so he goes and the fish Catches the fish. I mean, there are billions of fish. But when you get a word from God, the one with the, come on, starts. Where are you going? I don't know, but I got to go. See, there's a school of fish, but there's just one fish. That, oh, come on. See, 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 there's a bunch of them, but you just need one. You just need one word from God to hold on to. That's all. Just one word. I'm glad for two, I'm glad for three, but if I just have one word from God, mm, just got one word. 
But see, Peter had to let down. He had to obey the word. So as soon as obedience got in motion, this came in motion. What? But hold on. He did this before. That he did it before, so if he's done it before, surely he can do it again. So he's the same God yesterday, the same God today, and the same God forever. And so here he is now. And so he catches the fish, takes the pro, comes, and he says, here it is. And he goes, and he pays, and he moves on. And, and, here, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. God doesn't want you to be interrupted with your assignment that he has for you. He doesn't want you to be hindered from the assignment that God has for you. Because he says, he says this. My word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which I've sent it forth to do. All right. That's my little introduction. That was free. Now go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 18 to 21. Because I got to know what people showed up this morning. You see what I'm saying? Who, who is here this morning because you really want a word from God? Because the rest of you can come, because, and that's fine, but, but I really want to focus on, on those who have said, I have chosen life, Pastor Rowan. And I've been, I've been speaking life. I've, I've been hearing testimonies of people who their language has changed since this message about speak life. That they, they can no longer have negative things come out of their mouth anymore. That says there's there's no way I've got to I got to speak life. And there's there's a group that's saying, I, I now I now want to live life, I want to live life. And so here it is that we're going to look at Galatians chapter two, um, a, 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 a really important uh, book uh, uh, in the Bible, and I was going to title this message, "Me, Myself, and I." Me, myself, and I. But I said, nah, I won't, I won't do that. What I'll call this message is the transition, the tension, and the transformation. When you live life, you will recognize the transition, the tension, and the transformation. And love is the strength comes from God that holds back to you. That holds back to you. So in Galatians chapter 2, verse 18 to verse 21, let me read it for you. It says, For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live unto God. I want you to hold to that right there. For through the law am I dead to the law, that I might then do what? Live unto who? Unto God. Right? Let's read on. It says here now, um, verse number 20, I am crucified with who? With Christ. Nevertheless, see the tension? I live. So, so we went from that transition that I live unto God, and now we're approaching the tension that I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ lives in me. So he goes because he doesn't want people to think he's being egocentric or he's being ego-centered. He wants to understand, no, that I'm Christ-centered. But there's a role that I play in this process of living life. And so he continues now and says, and the life which I now live, someone say, I now live. In the flesh or in the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who, and this is the key right here, loved me and gave himself for me. Me, myself, and I. There are seven plus billion people on the planet. And it's easy for us to believe John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But the reality is, do you believe that God loves you? We say it, but do we believe it? So everyone in the world, for God so loved the world. Yes, he loved his creation. But do you really believe that God loves me? So in the context of what Paul is saying, Paul is defending his apostleship to the Judaizers, the false teachers who were coming, who was discrediting the authority of which he had. See, it's one thing to be anointed, but it's another thing now to walk in authority. And if you're going to live this Christian life, you have to understand that God has anointed you, but he's also given you authority for your assignment. You ought to write that down. Because you don't have to ask God for provision if he ain't doing anything. Giving you a million dollars or giving you a hundred thousand dollars, if you're not doing anything with it, will co- create the love of money. It'll create covetousness that, that you think that it will fill the emptiness that's inside of you. And he says, no, 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 baby. So you have to understand that God has anointed. The moment you chose life, you say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. And you have to believe that. That's the fundamental. That's the first thing. They have to choose Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. I'm sorry to tell you, there's no other way. Buddha's not the answer. Muhammad, there's no other way. Those are religious expressions trying to fill this emptiness that's inside of them. But it's Jesus Christ is the answer. So you have to have confidence in that. You have to believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. Because if you go to him in prayer and you don't believe that he's the answer, your prayer is just going to be repetitious, repetitious, repetitious. There's no power behind it because you really don't believe. You just heard that Jesus Christ is Lord. So here it is now that the Apostle Paul now is defending his apostleship. And please understand, I talked, I said earlier that Jesus chose the 12. He was with them. One of them was a betrayer and, you know, betrayed him. And here he is now. And here comes the Apostle Paul in his own words. says, I was one that was born out of time, he says. And so here he is now. He gets a revelation from God and he's trying to come and actually do life together. And they're hindering that with the false teachers that are now penetrating the minds of those who were transformed by the power of God. What are you saying, Pastor? Here's what I'm saying, is that we have to get to a place where we do life together, not just live together. Understand that. And so the moment that you accept Jesus Christ now as Lord and Savior, and God has anointed you now, he's given you authority now to bring about the assignment for your life. The assignment for your life. So that's why, listen to me, that's why you can't waste life. Make, make 
use of every opportunity, every moment that you have. Young people, listen to me. Make use of every opportunity that you have for the glory and the honor of God. For the glory and the honor of God. Okay. So all week, and especially last two days, I'm like, God, I know we started a new sermon series, Love is Strong. And I'm saying, God, but I can't get off the two words. Put that back up again, uh, verse number 20. I can't get past verse 20 of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And he says, who loved me? He didn't say us. He said, who loved me? The apostle Paul, I believe, had to wade through his past. What, what, he needed such confidence to step into an arena where his past and what he did before, if people bring it up into his face, how was he going to be able to sustain the call of God on his life after he knew what he did? And everybody knew the apostle Paul in this past. He's saying, here is the thing. Love is so strong that love has washed away all of my past. So now I could step in with boldness and with confidence and with authority. Get that. And I could step in with authority now. Why? Because God's love for me is so strong in my life. And here's the reason why when the apostle Paul, he said this, he said, I know in, in, when I'm amongst you, I don't have this big stature and, and I'm intimidated when I'm in front of you. And I know that my letters are strong. Here's why. Because the apostle Paul knew this. God loves me regardless of what you think about me. Regardless of what you think about me, I know one thing is that God loves me. And I'm not where God wants me to be yet, but thanks be to God, I'm not where I used to be. Come on. Come on, I'm not making excuses. I'm telling you that God is doing a work in your life. And the more you surrender to the anointing of God that's inside of you, the more you can walk with the authority to step into places and step into arena and says, here is where the king, oh my God, here is where the kingdom of God is going to rule and reign. Let me tell you something, see? See, they talk about all this thing of, of what the culture was doing. Now they're trying to take out the voice of the prophet. Right? And they're trying to, try, trying to take out the voice of the prophet. And, and on Friday, the, the last Friday of, of every month, um, during a school year, I, I get to go into a, a middle school and I get to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, you see, it just takes someone who says, not only am I anointed to teach, but I got authority up in this classroom. Come on. And so because of that now, this is my assignment. And I'm able to bring the message of hope, right? And so that's what I'm encouraging. When you know that God loves you, and I, I can't get out this, when you know that God loves you, it transforms everything about you. I'm thankful that may God loves me. I'm appreciative that may God loves me. It makes for a good marriage. I'm glad that my children love me, especially when I buy them stuff. Come on. Especially... When they know I'm going to feed them, right? I was telling somebody, I said, hey, hey, two things if you want to marry my daughters. When they're hungry, feed them. And when they're tired, let them sleep. And you'll be good. Feed them when they're hungry. And when they're tired, let them sleep. Right? 
And so I do both. Amen. You know what I'm saying? When you're hungry, I feed them. When you're tired, I say, go to bed. And so, and so they love me. And, and I'm, and I'm glad for that. It makes me spare the rod. You know what I'm saying? You know, when they respond back in love, I'm like, pow! Right? Can't say that now. You know what I mean? You're going to have someone going to protest and call the police. Okay. So watch this now. Right, right. So, 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 oh my goodness. See, see, when your children are pastors, you, you make great, you know, uh, illustrations for the message, right? Amen. Somebody said. So pray for my kids. So, so, so Lizzie now, and, and I said to her, hey, it, it, come in the room. And she comes in the room, and I said, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. And, and I said, so, so, you know, um, tell me what happened. And she tells me. And I said, Lizzie, Lizzie, I have to correct you because I love you. I have to. I said, go get the Bible. It's in the Bible. How many of you hate when your parents do that? You know? <laughs> go get the Bible. I'm going to in the word of God. I'm correcting you. Like, please respect me. You know? Get it over with right now, you know. No, go get the Bible. And I said, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. It says, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. And he disciplines them. Why? Because he understands the tension that exists. And I have to make understand authority. So I went to her and and I said, go to Hebrews. She says, yeah. And she tried to read the Greek, chastisement. Old Greek language, chastising. Just means discipline. Who the Lord loves, disciplines. He gets him in a life to his world. So he can release the blessings of the Lord in his life. And I said, So, honey, if you're not receiving correction, it means I don't love you. So never get to the place where I allow you to do whatever you want to do with God. Don't get to the place where I don't have boundaries around you. Don't get to the place where God is silent. Come on, somebody. Oh, Jesus. You may not feel him, but he said it takes faith, not feelings, right? So, so it's not about feeling his hand, just knowing that his hand is always there. So it's great that my family loves me. It's great that we have people who love us. But if we don't believe that God loves me, all of that can also become a hindrance to what God wants to do. No, you don't really love me. You really love me? The prodigal who was sitting there, the younger son, so I'm going to go back to the Father. I'm going to go back to the Father. And there's no way he can love me. He's got this tension, right? This transition. He's got this tension. And, and, so, and so here it is. With, with, with that being said, in Galatians 2 now, verse 18, he says, for if I rebuild what I tore down, if I rebuild what God has torn down, because we don't understand the love of God, the things that we built that was our structure, when we get on this journey with God and we don't think we're making progress, we go back and rebuild the things that we had our structure. And so we think, give Jesus a try. Give him a try. No, give him your life. What happens is, if it's not working out, we have this tension that exists, right? And it pulls us over here. And so now we start to rebuild what God has restored. And so in, in, in the Old Testament, when they crossed over from the wilderness into the promised land, they crossed over the Jordan and they got to Jericho. And when they restored Jericho, God says, don't rebuild this place again. 
don't rebuild it again because because if you rebuild it, you're going to go back into that structure, into that cage, into that place of bondage again. So no. So Paul is saying, listen, listen, I can't rebuild the very things that I tore down. I was a scholar. I was uh, I was so educated in the law. I knew it inside and out. But when I came to Christ and when I understood he loved me, I now tore down. I said, that law is never going to work. All the law was doing is reminding me how sinful I was. But if it wasn't for the law, I couldn't see what Christ was doing. If it wasn't for conviction, if it wasn't for my conscience looking at that, there's no way I could keep all the laws, all the ceremonial laws, all the dietary laws, all the, the every law that existed. If it wasn't for the law, I wouldn't know that I was hopeless without God. If, if it wasn't for the law, I wouldn't know that I need to depend on Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Living this Christian life is not about we have all the answers. It's about we know the one who has the answers. And that's who we go to. Oh, God. He has all the answers. So, so when I was teaching at, at the middle school, I told them this. I said, young people, this, this is it. I said, Jesus... Um, at the age of 12, was going to the temple. It was the festival. It was a feast. And as, and as his family, his mother and, and Joseph would always take him. And so he always went. But this time at the age of 12, he went and he stayed. Because at 12 now, he was going through a transition in that culture of now adulthood. And so here it was now. Thank you. Thank you for always bringing me to the temple. But now I'm going to live here because I have questions. And I said to the young people, I said, I said, are we giving you answers to questions you're not even asking? I, I said, is that what we're doing? Are we giving you answers to questions you're not even asking? So the question comes out, what are you asking? What is the transition? What is the tension that exists in your life? For the apostle Paul says, I can't rebuild this. So if I can't rebuild it, what am I supposed to do then? What am I supposed to do with my life? Because I can't go back here because it's not profitable, but I don't have the strength within me to go over here. I'm sitting in this middle and I have this tension in this transition. The answer is, Every question that's being asked by every young person, by everyone here, the question is being asked is this, does God love you? Does God love you? Because here's what it is. If you really, really believe that God loves you, you will see the character of God as a good God, regardless of all the nasty evil that exists around you. You would say, I don't understand that. But what I understand is this, that he loves me. I don't know how I can help you through that. I wish you all the best. But all I know is that he loves me. I'm sorry. I can't really do everything for you. But all I know, all I got, all that's within me, is that he loves me. Oh, Jesus. That's all, that's all I know. 
you come to the gathering place and, and you hear messages, you hear sermons, you hear series. But as long as you leave this place and you have the person in your heart and say, what did you learn in the gathering place? All I learned was he loves me. Why well, was the sermon taught? I don't know. He shouts every now and then. He dances every now and then. He even breaks dance. Come on, somebody. He even does that. But the one thing I do know is that God loves me. That, that's it. That, that's, that's all I know. So when you go to prayer, Dave, you enter his presence by saying, Father, I don't know what to ask you. I don't know how to make a request. But all I know is this one truth. You love me. Families rejected me. And I may be responsible for the rejection. Uh, perhaps I did. I, I don't know. But all I know to leave this place of despair and to leave this place of depression and to leave this place of darkness, all I know is I have one truth. He loves me. So therefore, to express the love to Megan and to my children and to you as a pastor, if I don't have that cemented in my heart, if I don't have that as the truth that I wear around my neck, that he loves me, people's opinion will cause me to compromise and people's criticism will cause me to feel insecure. But guess what? When you see that there's a love that's inside of me, you'll embrace that because what you're looking for is authenticity. Come on. And when you know there's someone who walks in the love of God, you know they speak the truth in love. You know they're saying God's love is greater than any situation. You know they'll speak life over your situation. Come on, somebody. We need to find people who know that God loves them. And that's who I want praying for me. If you don't believe that God loves you, you can't pray for me because I don't know if you're going to love me. You may just be selected as the person to come and to pray. But when you have this deep love inside of you, God of mercy. Oftentimes, I, I think, and listen, I love my dad. I do. So when I talk about my dad walking out, please understand, I'm talking for my freedom, not for his. That wasn't his fault. He's not the enemy. Come on. He's not the enemy. It's that enemy that was trying to, to tell me that, that, that I'm not loved by God because, because your father left and you, you're not worth anything. That was the enemy. And so for years, I believed that. I'm not talking about my prison. Come on, somebody. My life sentence. Oh, God. Of walking in insecurity and this tension that when someone told me God loves me, nah. He may love you, but he doesn't love me. There's no way he can love me. Not all that I've done. Not all that I've cursed his name. I, I've done everything. And you're telling me that God loves me? Until I believe that deep in my heart, I'm going to face this place of this tension. So what do we have to do then to have this love 
What do we have to do to walk in this love? It says, I'm crucified with Christ. So we have Easter coming in. We're going to talk about the crucifixion. But I believe we miss the totality of the crucifixion if we simply look at it as if he was committing suicide. If you look at the crucifixion, you simply see that it was weak Jesus that went to the cross. Because to the Greeks, it was absolutely foolishness. And to the Jews, it was a stumbling block. This love of God to the Greeks was foolishness. What kind of thing are you telling me? That God actually wants a personal relationship with me? That I can actually access God and he loves me? It's foolishness. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And he goes and dies on a cross, a, a cruel criminal's death that the Romans did? Think about it, people. We're telling people that, that this message of hope is about this, 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 our Savior who died on a cross, expressing his love for us. It's, it's, it's foolishness. I can't comprehend it in my mind. I know. I know you can't. It's impossible outside of the sovereign grace of God. And he's moving in our midst this morning. For some of you who've accepted Christ, you know what I'm talking about. You've experienced the love of God. You know that God loves you. That's why you shout the way you shout. That's why you praise God the way you praise God. People don't know what you've been through, what you came out of. See, that's why when we come together corporately, open up your mouth and give God praise and glory. Because if you know that God loves you, open up your mouth and declare it and shout it. I know God knows he loves you, but if you know that God loves you, it's time for you to give God some praise and give God glory. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Someone shout, he loves me. See, 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 God is not like the flower. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Throw that flower down. Come on and take up your cross because the cross says one answer. He loved me. My God. So I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ who the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. And that is where we're going to park it today. It's faith. Not F-A-T-E. It's F-A-I-T. It's faith. That outside of faith, there is no way to be able to possess the promises of God. I declared and I said, money will a hindrance to your ministry. For some, if there's no faith that's there, it went like this. Whoop. So let me teach you how to receive a prophetic word. When a prophetic word comes, you grab it by faith. Oh, why? Because he loves me. He will not speak a word over me because my word will come. It won't, it won't return void. It will accomplish. So when there's a word spoken over your life, Dave, you get a hold of it by faith. Not by feelings, by faith. And so knowing that God loves you helps you to walk in this place of this transition and in this place of tension. Why? Because what he wants to bring about is transformation because it's in transformation. It's in Romans 12 that I'm now transformed by the renewal of my mind. It's in transformation. It's the word metamorphosis. It's coming from one 
area to something else. It's, it's, it's that transition, but it's that transformation that takes place in your life. And that people will see the love of God because you go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Come on, somebody. And so as you progress now, people are seeing the glory of God, but what they're seeing is the love of God. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. So the life I now live, how are you going to live the life you're now living? How are you going to live the life that you are now living? Ask the question. Let me give you the answer. I'm going to live it by faith. I'm going to live this life by faith. In who? In the God who loves me. So let me launch you with this. What is your transition text? What is the text that you hold to so you won't go back to your past and rebuild what you already torn down? St. Corinthians says you got to take every thought captive. Every thought captive to God. So what thought are you having right now that you keep going back to when things look like it's not going to work? What is your transition text? What is the word you're holding to? What's your transition text? For the Apostle Paul, he would look and he says, hey, I, 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 I can't go back there because then I'll be a hypocrite. I can't go back because then I'll, I'll, I'll be a transgressor. I can't go back there. So therefore, I'm going to move forward. I can't go back into the curse. I can't rehearse the curse. I won't go back there. He delivered me from darkness into his marvelous life. I refuse to go back there. I won't look back. I won't be, come on, I won't be like Lot's wife. I can't look back at what used to be. I got to look back and look forward at what's coming. Come on, somebody. You can't look back. The Bible says you can't put your hands to the plow and go and make a straight line if you keep looking back. Come on, somebody. No, 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 baby. Mm. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You ready for this now? Um, King Arthur, the movie. You know me when I get a movie. I'm always giving something with that. So today's feature is King Arthur, okay? So King Arthur sent an assignment by the Romans to go get somebody and rescue them. Because there's a group of people that's coming and taking territory. And everybody's just running scared except King Arthur and his mighty men. Come on, somebody. And so here it is now that they're, 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 they're having this drumbeat. Boom, 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 everywhere they are. Boom, boom. And you can hear the enemy coming. There was King Arthur with his men. They're riding. And all of a sudden they hear that boom, 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 boom. And finally they said, enough is enough. Let's park it right here. And they said, I'm tired of looking back anyways. He said, let's put our weapons down and let's take these jokers out. And you got to get to a point when spiritual warfare, come on somebody, when you have to get to a point where the enemy is making that drumbeat, boom, 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 that you say, hold on a second here, I'm not going to open up my mouth and I'm going to give God some praise in this house that's going to drown out the sound of the enemy. It's time for you to drown your enemy. Come on somebody, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. I refuse to keep looking back. I'm going forward. I'm marching on to my destiny. Come on. Boom, boom, boom. I refuse to look back. I'm looking. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Oh, 
Oh, let's just place her. Let's just stay right there. Come on. Let's just stay right there. Just stay. Come on, worship and praise and, and magnify. My past is over. He loves me. I'm marching on. He loves me. He loves me. Every step is because of the love of God in my life. Mm. Oh, glory to God. Come on, come on. What's your transition text? You got to get your family and sit them down and says, listen, we're not going back there anymore. Stop going back to the grave. Come on and start digging up your past. You got to go to the grave that's empty. Come on, somebody. You got to go to the empty tomb. That's why we're celebrating. He says, why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? Come on. Huh? You keep going back looking for life, but it's dead. Because you've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I just hear, don't be afraid to make that step. Don't, don't, don't. God, hallelujah. 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 Yes. The life I now live, not my past, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Who loved me. Who loved me. And, oh gosh. You mean, you mean there's more? And, oh God. It wasn't just in word. Oh God Almighty. It was indeed. Who, who loved me. Someone say, and. Gave his life for me. Greater love has no man in this. Than a man lay down his life. For his friend. For his friend. For his friend. You know, it's a. AJ and I, every now and then, we would read a Panera bread. And I think it's more for me than for him. I mean, I meet with him and I leave. I'm like, thank you, man, for teaching me something. And, uh, and so this week we, we met him. And uh, we left. We always closed out the restaurant. You know what I mean? They're vacuuming. You guys want the old donuts, you know what I mean? And they're hinting, we're taking your plates. Anything else you need? Got to clock out, you know what I'm saying? But see, when you're living together, you go by the clock. But when you do life together, time just goes by. Because we love each other. And that's what God wants. He wants to fellowship with us where time simply goes out the window. And I want you to get your family and say, this is my transition text. We're no longer going back there. We're just living together. We're not going to come over here where we do life together. Because he loves me. Because he loves me. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I was real serious when you leave here. What did he preach about? He loves me. He loves me. 
someone has to tell themselves that he loves me. That's the foundation of your freedom. Yeah, there's works involved, yes, but the foundation of your freedom is that Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So there's a couple of things um, that we're going to do. Is I know that there are people here who have a ministry, and I want to pray with you, let you know that His love is strong, that you will never have to let money be a hindrance to your ministry. He loves you more than all the wealth, the treasury of the United States of America, and all the and all the money. Every he loves you more than that. There's no amount of money that can compare to love that God has for you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Today's your day of freedom to do ministry knowing that you've been ushered, you've been released because of love. That's it. That's it. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Yeah. He loves you. He loves you. Oh my goodness. He loves you. Let that just, let that sink in right there. Yeah. See, I'm not trying to manipulate and get a response by repeating myself. He loves you. I just know that there's a response that would naturally happen because he loves you. So I'm waiting on the natural response of you knowing that he loves you. Because when you know that he loves you, you will naturally respond to the reality that he loves you. Oh, your love is strong. What keeps from going back into rebuilding what I've torn down? His love is strong. That's you this morning, and you have a ministry. I want you to be bold to come to this altar. You're going to surrender to Christ to serve. Come on, if you got a ministry, you got to know He loves you. You can't be released yet to go out there and tell people that God loves them if you yourself don't know He loves you. Come on, this is your time to. Come on, get your transition text. Get your transition text, the text you're going to hold to in the midst of every season. Ah, that's it. In every season. I know he loves me. I know he loves me. The Bible tells me so. Come on. Oh, love is strong. Okay. Oh, love is Softly. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to come. If Jesus is not the Lord of your life, this morning he wants to let you know that he loves you. He wants you to come. He wants you to embrace his love. If there's anyone in this place, because God's about to do something, but I got to make sure I give an opportunity. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to, to come.